Welcome to Interviews. My name is Laurent Autain. I'm a business coach on a quest to crack the entrepreneurship code. So I thought, why not talk to entrepreneurs and ask them the right questions? I make sure to alternate between a male and a female guest every week. I hope their answers will inspire you. This podcast is available on all your favorite platforms. If you enjoy it, there are three ways you can help me make it bigger. One, subscribe. Two, share your favorite episode on social media. Three, buy me a pizza. Blog on my website, laurentnotin.com slash podcast and click on the icon, buy me a pizza. Interviews is brought to you by Social Prize, a marketing and communication agency operating remotely since 2005. Social Prize specializes in digital technologies and communication, web development, e-commerce, remote working, coaching, training, growth hacking. Log on their website, socialprize.me. As you certainly know, one aspect of living the entrepreneur's life is how tough it can be. There are many ups and downs. It's a constant roller coaster of emotions. Some days are way better than others and vice versa. And combined with all the challenges the pandemic has created, the entrepreneurship journey can quickly become very overwhelming. You know, and entrepreneurs can reach the bottom and lose motivation. I know I have. So hence, two questions I have. How do entrepreneurs keep their motivation levels high? That's question number one. And question number two, where do they find the strength to continue? And so I've challenged four successful entrepreneurs, all previous guests on my podcast, to answer both questions and much more. And I would like to introduce them one by one. I'll start by Laxmi. Laxmi Gandhi is a founder of a boutique consulting company called Opera Scale in the USA that specializes in go-to-market strategy utilizing first principles thinking. She helps leaders get unstuck and go back to the fundamentals of why they started their business and communicate with clarity on what they are actually doing. Hello, Laxmi. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Second guest is Maria Frangier. She's the founder and managing director of Social Prize, a digital marketing agency based in Lebanon. She founded a company 15 years ago and decided from the start to make it a 100% remote company. She knows what challenge means operating in a country that has been economically suffering over the past 10 years. Hi, Maria. Thank you for being here. Hello. Thank you for having me. Next, I have Paul Baker, the founder of Sampia Group based in the UK, which is a bakery business with a love of European bakery. He bankrupted his first business at the age of 17 and took 10 years before he got back to entrepreneurship. He acquired Sampia Group in 2002 and one day decided that he'd conquer the American market, the American market, sorry, which he did. Well, that didn't come with all its challenges, though. Hi, Paul. Thank you for being here. Nice to be here, Lauren. 
And last but certainly not least, Richard Burrage, the managing director of Simigo, a boutique market research agency that he founded in 2002 in Vietnam. He's been living in Asia since 1992 and has seen firsthand the transformation of the region with all the challenges that came with it. Plus, Richard's interviews podcast episode is the most downloaded. Hey, Richard, thank you for being here. Hi, thanks. I forced all my staff to download it. That's why it's number one. (laughs) (laughs) Good one, good one. (laughs) All right. Why did you become an entrepreneur? Please make it short. Two minutes. Laxmi, I'm going to start with you. Mine was for more practical reasons at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I had a baby and there was an opportunity for me to work. Um, I was working in a management consulting company and they said, oh, we have this opportunity for you, but it's a minimum of eight hours plus a three hour round trip commute. And I said, well, I want to actually spend time with my child. (laughs) So this is just not going to work for me anymore. And but I also knew I wanted to do something different because I was working in the management consulting space. And I recognized that there wasn't enough questions that were being asked for the CEOs about why they wanted to start their businesses. It was purely based on market research. So whenever Um, you know, we had to do a business plan or business study. It was just going out to the market and collecting information and feeding it back in. And what I realized was that we need to go right to the heart of why they created the business and bring that to light. And it's actually turned out to be um, a wonderful journey because of that desire. So that's my quick overview. Great, thanks. I love asking questions, as you know. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Maria, what about you? Well, it was practically very convenient um, because I come from a a very small town in the north of Lebanon and I'm far away from the business center. I love traveling and I really don't like to be stuck at an office. So it was super convenient for me. I used to also teach. I still do. So I was just juggling around and um, specifically because I work in the digital field. I mean, you cannot just limit the time and it's not really an eight hours kind of work. So it was why not? And that's how it all started. And Paul, same question. Um, I think it was destiny. My name's Baker and, and my, I grew up in a baking family in, in a small bakery <laughs> in Devon. So my name is Baker the Baker. So you know, I had to kind of do it really. Um, But as you said, I I lost my first business at 17 and I learned two valuable lessons. One, don't trust other people with your idea and two, never underprice your product. Um, I smarted from that for about 10 years because I was nearly bankrupted. So um, it took me a while to come back to it actually, but I knew I was always going to do it. It's uh, that that's the only explanation I've got. I knew I always wanted to do something, you know, that I could say, well, you know, I've I've done that, you know, with a team of people, obviously, you can't do it on your own. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, and and it's always an in- interesting and fun journey. It's a journey that's a fun bit, I think. What about you, Richard? Uh, I was inspired by somebody. So I worked with somebody in, a, in the same industry in Hong Kong, very small sort of consulting research agency. And the founder of that business was really my inspiration to, uh, make me go out and uh, follow in his footsteps. Um, I subsequently read in a diary that I found many years later, like a decade later, 
uh, that it's an industry I clearly wanted to work in and sort of uh, I found a diary from my student days uh, with some ideas in it. But um, the inspirations to, to start my own business goes down to a man called uh, Dr. Clint Laurent, who, uh, who was my inspiration. Tell me, on a scale, one to 10. Well, one being not difficult, easy. 10 being super difficult, hard. How difficult has your journey been? And why do you say that? I'll, I'll jump in. I'd put it about eight, I think. more. <laughs> oh, that's a good start. You know, I'd put it about eight. Yeah, we... we after we'd started San Pierre Group and uh, in about 2008, we nearly lost the business. So having lost one business already at a young age and then nearly losing this one, you know, it's it, that's tough. But what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And from from that point on, we, we just got stronger and stronger because it didn't finish us. And we changed our strategy and uh, we started exporting. Um, we were an importer of bakery products to the UK at that point, and 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 we started building our brands. We we, we did all the things everybody would tell you not to do, um, uh, and it worked. So that you know, a bit of resilience, I suppose, a bit of self belief as well. But that's uh, yeah, I'd say it's about an eight. But you know, I'd, I'd say it's an enjoyable eight. Eight makes it sound really tough and like it might put people off, but. Yeah, it's, it's been a fun and enjoyable eight. A happy eight. <laughs> okay, what about others? I, I can go next. Um, so thank you for going first, Paul, because I don't know <laughs> how to rate this <laughs> because I've had my share when some days I'm like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is the easiest thing. And then, you know, and then there are other days like, why am I doing this? <laughs> so yeah, that, that's one main reason I'm, did this webinar so I can learn from all of you as well. <laughs> like, how do you keep going? And at the beginning, it was very tough because I have a multidisciplinary background. And what I realized is that the marketplace, it just wanted me to conform, like pick on one area and go. And I didn't like, I just, that wasn't my, you know, it just, it's not what I'm wired to do. I'm wired to think about more complex problems and to help distill it and make them simple. And, you know, that's why I was a management consultant. It was really easy to, I could just jump from one project to another. But when you're in the business world, I found that I couldn't really market myself, especially in Silicon Valley as a management consultant. So I struggled with that. What is it that I do? And luckily I ended up working um, on business plans with this traffic management company out of um, the EU and help them build their business plan. And that what I realized is I had to figure out what I was bringing to the table. And that, that was, the, I think for me, it was the hardest part of my struggle. And then I realized I said, oh, I'm actually implementing a process. So every single time I came to a client, there was this systematic way that I was thinking and it was unique to me. And that's what I really had to come to realizing. And when you realize that, it does make it easier for you to start marketing your services and selling yourself. But you know, it was a big learning curve. And even now I'm going through the process again as I'm building a new company based on this process. And it's, who are we? What is the vision? So it's, you know, it's an iterative process. I worked 14 years in market research. You didn't answer my question. 
What's your score? <laughs> so it goes in ebbs and flows. I would give it, can I just give it an average of a five? <laughs> because I agree with Paul. It starts with a one and it's got it's it's become an eight or a nine, but you know, I just wanna average it out. But I have to say, I think the joy is trying to figure out what that what the journey is and what the process is. There is some excitement to it. <laughs> Nice. What about you, Richard? You work in market research. That's an easy question to answer for you. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you. I'll give you. A, I'll give you an answer, but I'm going to put some parameters on the answer. The first ten years were probably a two or three. I was very fortunate in a very young market and a very growing market, so it, would be, it was very easy. And I was young myself. Um, the last five years, I'll miss out the middle bit for the sake of time. But the last five years have probably been nine, sometimes ten, but let's call it nine. Partly life stage, partly a mature business, partly a much mature market in terms of the amount of competition. So it's been a lot harder with the passage of time. I am forever glad that I started young. Okay. <laughs> and last, Maya. Well, I guess I'm not as lucky as you guys are. It's a 10 and today is 100, basically. I Unfortunately, I'm in Lebanon. Lebanon is really a crazy country today. I'm sure you all know about the situation. But it has been really the most enjoyable, hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's also been the most motivating thing I've ever had because of these challenges we're having. This is driving me forward. Today, we're thriving. Even if the financial crisis that's hitting us is really hard and terribly hard, and we feel many times that there's no way out, but there is always a way out and we are there. It's been very difficult specifically because the country is economically unstable and because I'm a woman, I'm a one woman show, let's call it, in, a, in an Arab, in like an Arab country with a culture that's really very difficult to compete with. So it's beautiful 10, let me say. Okay, what I, what I see, so I have four speakers from four different continents. I see from all of you that the journey is super difficult, but you're all enjoying it. I mean, including myself. <laughs> Maybe we're a bit crazy. <laughs> What has been your biggest challenge ever as an entrepreneur and how did you overcome it? Uh, I'd say the biggest challenge I've had over the years has always been down to cash or the lack of cash. So cash flow challenges, um, partly out of, you know, trying to scale up too quickly, you know, going through tough times and not having enough cash, um, you know, having corruption at sometimes uh, in the business um or theft um so it's uh it's by far the biggest challenge and it's one that um does repeat itself over time for different reasons um dealing with it uh yeah um i've sold my home i've sold my you know almost everything i've 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 owned over the years at different points um to make sure that the business has had enough money to continue um so, you know, I'm in a market where I, I don't have access to finance as a foreign business. Um, so I can't even get a, a loan from the bank. But um, yeah, so getting through it has been uh, calling on friends and family, selling everything, downgrading your lifestyle rapidly, um, and then uh, slowly building it up again. But um, I'm probably not learning very well because it keeps happening. <laughs> it's a, it never stops. What you learn from that, what, what is the recommendation here? that you would give to others? Uh, I think the biggest one would be sometimes the, the ego has made me scale the business into different markets uh, without some sound financial advice behind me. 
Um, I, I remember one crisis point in about 2014, and subsequent to that, I bought in a uh, you know very highly qualified sort of CFO. But really, I should have had him two years earlier when I started scaling up. So I think getting right financial advice and having a good best business mentor actually to sound ideas. Sometimes when it's your own business, you don't really have that that sounding board. Um, and sometimes you let uh, optimism run away with you. Honestly, it's ego, but I'll call it optimism to be polite. Um, so I think you know, learning from those lessons, having a good mentor, and getting sound financial input. Paul, go on. I think probably 2008 was our biggest challenge, the financial crash, and uh, it nearly finished our business. It was completely out of our control as well. That's the galling thing. Um, and indeed, as we've all experienced in the past year, uh, the pandemic was of nobody's making, but here we all are. Um, so it's, it's, it's been an interesting period. 2008 was you know, equally difficult for us because the business nearly went under when currency uh, went against us. What came out of that was a, a strategy um, to really radically change our business. And I suppose the biggest challenge at that point was fear. Um, most entrepreneurs do have a healthy amount of fear before they embark on, on what they're doing. They may not share it because most are resilient and optimistic overly optimistic sometimes um, but fear does come in and it's I think it's how you cope with that degree of risk that you're about to take and the degree of fear that you have to control because you have to deal with those two before you can actually motivate your team uh, to follow you and uh, do what needs to be done so I think yeah fear is is a big one to to overcome as, a, as an entrepreneur don't be afraid of jumping out of a plane without a parachute. Work it out on the way down. <laughs> You'll be you, right. <laughs> how do you do that? How do you overcome fear? Well, it's, it's a very personal thing. I think how, how does anybody overcome fear? I think uh, there's not one answer to that, Lauren. That's the truth. Everybody deals with that differently. It would be crass of me to give you advice on that. Um, the way I get dealt with it, bolder on. <laughs> I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. So, uh, you know, I got my head down and um, started digging as, as, as fast as we could, as quickly as we could. And you don't have all the answers. Nobody has all the answers. We, you know, we didn't know how to export. Um, we didn't know how to develop brands. You know, number one brioche brand in America. So it can be done. It absolutely can be done. But you need to perhaps, perhaps the answer to overcoming the fear is, is actually sharing that fear amongst and being open about it with the people around you and don't be afraid of saying i don't know what we're going to do here and i'm fearful and just put it out there because people around you will have varying degrees of confidence and they will lift you and collectively you lift yourselves and that's what we did as a business so maybe that's the answer nice and this is what you're doing now sharing about the fact that you are afraid but that it's fine yeah yeah cool Maria or Lakshmi, what about you? Biggest like challenge. Go on. <laughs> You're ready. <Yeah. laughs> well, um, maybe myself is the biggest challenge because um, it's always hard to do something for the first time. So starting somewhere without a plan because I just launched myself into the business and it just grew exponentially without me even knowing where to head. 
the growth path that I needed to take because when you have lots of opportunities, you really don't know where to go. You just want to take everything, but you shouldn't. So that was really another challenge. And um, the team, the team was um, a huge challenge until I met my current team and some of them are here. I'd like to thank you for being here. And um, usually it's hard for an entrepreneur whenever they start because they think it's just a beautiful world out there and we're just going to make millions when we start. That is not true. It's full of challenges. It's a lot of hard work. It's really 24 seven, literally no weekends, no vacations, no nothing. Your work just comes to you to bed to anywhere. Um, I, I'm, I work remotely, so this makes it even harder. I have no vacations. Uh, I sometimes don't see my family, even if we live in the same house. But what makes it really simple is having the right people around you. And this is what solves a lot of problems. Having a mentor, that's very important because they see things from a different perspective. Surrounding yourself with the right people who push you forward because yes, you need to do and uh, a lot of things. Yes, there are lots of hard times, but then those people are there just to support you. Sometimes the right word can push you forward. And even if everything looks crazy around you, you can do it. That's why you started remembering your goal. That's how things go on. Having the right team makes you feel that even if you just crash down for a couple of days, it's okay because they have your back and then you're you're just covered, everything's gonna be fine. I mean, it's always work. If you just shut down, it's, it's totally okay. So for me, these were the basic challenges. They still are, but actually today, I'm lucky enough not to have financial problems because in my case, I don't have a high cost. It's just working remotely. And my main cost is the team. So, but otherwise it's good. The other challenges today, the biggest one is the growth plan because I have lots of opportunities. I don't know where I'm heading. And I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know what you say now because there was a lot of things. <laughs> so I'm just going to go to relax, Pete. <laughs> yeah, no, these, these have all been excellent. And what I feel like everybody is saying is like, you have to kind of trust in yourself and you just have to, yes, there's this element of like pushing on, but I always think there's an element for me of letting go as well. Like there've been times when I'm pushing, pushing, and it's just like, this isn't working. And I just say, forget it. I'm done. <laughs> and I throw I'm like ready to throw in the towel. And then this amazing opportunity just lands. And, you know, and that's what that has taught me though, is that I don't want that pattern to keep repeating in my life. So now I'm trying to be much better. And it, you know, what it really comes down to is being clear within yourself and being able to communicate that. Like this is, for, you know, for me, my biggest struggle is this is what I'm doing. So that's been my biggest challenge is like, who am I? What am I doing? And how do I grow? And this is, you know, it's funny. I feel like your struggle is like what you end up helping others doing. So I work with, <laughs> like I work with people and helping them with their growth strategy but, you know, for when you're trying to do it, and I think that's why I can sympathize with them, because I know that struggle. And, um, you know, what I've learned out of it, especially for myself, like people who are multidisciplinary thinkers, because that's the world that I come out of. And what I realized is that all of us, we're not just like one thing. And when you're not, and when you can't easily just pick a market and say, yes, I make this, I make this product, it's tangible. It's harder for people who are selling management consulting or like thought leadership or um, just even, even coaches 
but there is something you're bringing to the table. What is it about you that makes you unique? How do you come, um, you know, how are you approaching the problem? And that's what you need to share with the world. And I don't feel like there's a lot of support and um, out there in the marketplace for that. So you've got to find that support, whether it is a great mentor or it's, you know, working with your team and you have to challenge yourself, essentially. You mentioned something uh, interesting. You say sometimes you have to let go at the beginning of, of uh, your speech. And I know this is an issue for me because I'm, I'm an hyperachiever. I have the tendency <laughs> just to, to do just for the sake of doing. How do you let go? <laughs> How do you know when it is time to let go? Because that's, imp that's important. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I come to that point of utter frustration. I was like, I have done everything I can. I just can't do anymore. And it's, that's it. It's just accepting that you are not in control. And it's, you know, it's, I, I think all of us, especially people who want to be entrepreneurs, there is a spiritual side to this as well. It's like, you want to like, prove yourself. Like you're there because you want to bring like the best, mm. um, you know, the best part of yourself to the world. And it's, it's really hard because market like the marketplace does not care <laughs> they're just like and when you look at you know research or you're looking at data it's all about trends it's all about law of averages and fitting you into some kind of bucket but that's just not who we are and that's the reason we're crazy enough to keep going and keep going because there's still some satisfaction to this and um you know i'm a, i love this book flow I, um and you know he talks about this too like the when human beings need to be challenged. And if we're not challenged, it's there's this element like you get frustrated, you get depressed. But when you can challenge yourself and get to that level of enjoyment, and you just have to recognize that and just trust that if you're going on a path, then that path is, you know, is right for you. And there are going to be challenges, you just have to accept it. That's really it. It's just, okay. This Thank is you. what it's going to be. Yeah. You guys have been in business, you've got like for years, okay? You experience downs, ups and downs, like the bottom. But still, years and years after, you're still there. Why? Don't tell me, have you ever wanted to give up? Ever? Every single day. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Every moment. It's a lot of responsibilities, really. <laughs> Okay, so every single day you want to give up. Why you continue there? The team, the impact, the, the result of what you're doing, um, the feedback of the clients. It's just super amazing to see when people are so happy with what you're giving them. And what makes me personally want to quit isn't just that, it's the toxic part of it where we're having some clients that really don't appreciate the work or, <laughs> or just, you know, sometimes everything is going around that you have no control over. So that's it. But otherwise everything else and specifically that we love what we do. So it's yes, there are ups and downs a lot. And uh, yes, sometimes I just want to let go. But then I remember the team, everything that's been going, my clients, the feedback, my students, how much we're currently helping. So I just say, okay, get back on your feet and just move on. 
But what, what about you, Richard? I'm, I'm curious because with all the cash flow issues you have, you said you've had, you don't want to give up? I wouldn't say I want to give up every day. There have been, there's been one, one moment in the journey where I would say worse than I wanted to give up. I even, you know, briefly thought about, you know, jumping literally off the top of the building um, because I couldn't see a way out. Um, so uh, there's been really one moment where I've gone, okay, enough is enough. Um, but it was a fleeting moment, to be fair. Then the sort of the sleeves got rolled back up and back into it and, and keep fighting. But um, yeah, that's the answer to that question. <laughs> why, why do you continue? Um, I what continue... was at that tipping point? What changed your mind? Sorry. Oh, I mean, at that fleeting moment, obviously children. I mean, children and family and, you know, could you really? Um, but the, the fighting spirit's always been there. But, um, you know, it was just a moment where the, you know, the tunnel looked rather long and there was no light. Um, um, why, why keep going? Because um, I've always kept going. I mean, that's just, it's, it's perseverance, it's resilience. It's, uh, I work the hardest when there's a fight ahead of me. Um, you know, so it's, I don't know, it's somehow innate. Okay, thank you. Paul, you're next. Uh, well, I did give up. I, lo I lost my first business at 17. And uh, uh, then I gave up. Well, I thought this isn't for me, I can't do this. But I was incredibly young and uh, incredibly naive. And even though I was self-supporting myself up until the age of sort of 18 and a half, I suppose, um, I really didn't know enough. So I smarted from that for about 10 years. And in that time, I sort of worked out, what am I going to do? Um, my father had a bakery. Um, I didn't want to be a baker, I'll be honest. Um, but I thought I've got to do something and stick at it. And uh, I didn't have a grand plan. So I became a baker. Um, and then I thought, I've just got to follow this. And then I thought, well, actually, what, what, how far can I take this? And, that, and that's where the resilience in me kicked in, really. And when the opportunity came up to buy San Pierre Group about 18 years ago, I'd recovered enough from the first loss uh, of that first business to actually say, right, I'm ready for this now. I'm going to do this now. Um, and I had a point to prove at that point. Uh, I thought, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to prove, prove a point here that a bakery business can be built like no other bakery business you've seen. And that's the point I'm still driving at. And I will continue to drive at ad infinitum. So that's what drives me. It was, and, you know, my, my father lost everything in that process as well. He lost everything in 1992. So I think, you know, I think these, these deep-rooted things in your background and your family and your, your heritage and your history, they do matter when it comes to being an entrepreneur. Most successful business people that you speak to have had some sort of adversity quite early in their life normally. And whether they admit it or whether they don't, um, it's relevant. It, it's probably something that, that drives them. Um, and it certainly drives me. And I think Laxmi said, you know, what keeps me going now, um, seeing, you know, I'm sat in, in the library in our office here. I can see probably about, you know, 15 people socially distanced out here with masks on. Um, you know, we've got a team of 70 people now. We've got seven in the USA. Um, that's what keeps me going. Growing the business and seeing people's lives evolve as a result of, of, of the things I'm doing and my co-founder, and, and, you know, everything that comes with that. And the other thing is the simple joy of seeing people eat, eat actually eat our products. That's a really important thing. We're very lucky and we're a consumer goods industry. Um, you know, people all around the world get to try our products. And I remember being in the bakery 
you know, being about 20 years old, thinking, wouldn't it be great one day if I could sell products all around the world and people would enjoy them? And that's what I do today. So it can be done. Mm. Nice. Ask me. What about you? Yeah, I... Um, that was beautiful, Paul. <laughs> I agree. I wish my struggle has always been I can't like I I cook. I was like, why can't I just open up a curry shop and just like have people enjoy? Why is it that you know I want to go and um, and change um, or it's you know change the way business is done? Like really, what that's what I've come to and. You know, Maria said it too. It's like, you have to recognize the impact that you're making and really think about that. Because when I first started working with the, the businesses, I realized, I said, wait, you guys aren't showing your true value. And that's what I've realized is missing from like, especially business education. Like all three of you have pointed out how your personal journeys have made an impact. And, but we never talk about that in the marketplace. And we never talk about like the importance of learning, um, learning yourself, actually. That's like the biggest lesson in all of this is like, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? How do you, you know, and, you know, I've wanted to give up so many times, but like, I just think about like, why am I doing this? And, you know, the bigger, for me, there was a personal reason, which was I wanted to spend more time with my children. I said, this is ridiculous. I don't want to work these long hours. And I know a lot of mothers are going through this, especially with the pandemic. They're leaving their jobs. But what I've realized is that people just think because of that, there's no hope. And, you know, everyone keeps talking about, like, this is the end of women in the workplace. But I don't see that. I see that there's actually beautiful opportunities here where women can position themselves in the marketplace. So, you know, that's my next level here of what we're trying to do um, with the company that I'm building now is to provide them with opportunities in which they can showcase their value and, you know, um, start generating opportunities for themselves. So it is recognizing that impact, but it's also, it, it is, it's a reflection of your own personal journey. Mm. What you guys have been talking about, you've been talking about impact, you've been talking about people, it's you, you're building something that goes that goes beyond you, clearly. But there's another element that I can see that is that is very very clear among the four of you is passion. You are all passionate, absolutely passionate about what you do. Isn't it why you keep on going? Yes, <laughs> I mean for me it's hands down. It's just if I didn't have that, I would, you know. It's but you know what I think. I feel like all of us have passion inside of us. And it's just a matter of being in the right place at the right time and having the strength and to just recognize that acceptance, really, like it is going to be hard, but that's okay. Like that's where the, you know, that's the beauty of the journey. That, that's the superpower, isn't it? Passion, really. It's the one thing you've got that you can convey to everybody who works with you and, or even outside of your business. It's the one thing you can convey and get across. Um, and that, it is a superpower if you if you can use that and deploy it effectively people will believe in you they trust you they work with you um, they help you to achieve your objectives or your goals or whatever it is you're trying to do um so yeah and i think i think that leads really to emotional intelligence laurel really i think that's now coming in 
into its own in business and it needs to in a much bigger way. I think financial intelligence has been championed for years and I'm not downplaying that. Of course, that's really, really important. But I think the one thing the last year has taught us all is emotional intelligence is, is I personally, I think it's more important actually for developing a business. And I think going forward in the next 20 years, it's going to become even more important and rightly so. I think it's a different set of It's a different way of measuring and managing your business. I think. That's, that's interesting. You were saying financial management was, well, financials was uh, the former power, but none of you have talked about money, except Richard, but he was talking about cash flow. None of you told me that you keep on going because of money. So, you know, it tells me yeah. something about entrepreneurship. Uh, entrepreneurs don't do that for the money. <laughs> that's true. That is very true. It's never, there's, I mean, there's, there's easier ways to earn money, Laura. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it, it shouldn't be about the money, Laura. You know, you know, we always encourage our team and whoever we're working with to have fun, actually. If you're not having fun, what's the point in doing it? I mean, it's probably doing things your own way. That's the fun of being an entrepreneur. You could do things your own way. Yeah, you can do things your own way. I mean, I find myself now actually being quieter in meetings because you can always make your presence felt. But actually, we've got a great team of people here and they've, they've got the passion. They've got the vision from, from the founders here. I, I think the exciting bit is to see how they then take it on, really. And, and you know, I think our role has become more supportive and more, um, how, you know, how can we support and help you? I, that can sound crass. It can sound like management twaddle. Um, but actually, if you if you really deploy it, well, you know, I, I, I'm not going to talk here about how our business is doing it, but it's it's doing great. And that's because of the, the, the people, really, and the way we look after them and the way they look after us, frankly. You get what you give. If you look on my LinkedIn, you'll always see I put, you get what you give. And I truly believe that. That's the way I live my life, you know. I have, I have a great question from uh, Sophie. She's because we're talking about passion. So I guess now people are talking, are asking more questions. That question from Sophie is how were you sure this is what you wanted to be doing for your life? <laughs> it haunts your dreams and your life and your days and your nights and everything. It's just everything you think of. Yeah. Anybody else wants to uh, add on? I, I didn't. I didn't. I followed my nose. I'll be honest with you. I didn't, you know, I thought it might be bakery. I knew I had to stick at something. And it was probably my resilience and, and at sticking at one thing that made the difference rather than flitting about and not focusing. It was that simple focus on one objective, which was, you know, be a baker and be the best baker you can possibly be. Literally that simple. There's no grand plan, really. <laughs> Let's go deep down in, into the, the subject and start becoming a bit more practical. I love being practical. Could you give us two, three practical tips that you use to keep your motivation level high? Richard, go on. Yeah, I think it's, um, uh, I think Lakshmi referred to uh, Silgman's book uh, earlier called Flow. You know, when I hit my lowest point, I sort of thought this is, this is not healthy. Uh, I'm, I'm normally far more uh, positive and optimistic. I then went out and I took a course at Penn U, which was called Positive Psychology. 
um, you know, run by the same guy, I believe, who wrote that, the book Flow. Um, and it was great. And it's kind of, you know, a lot of it's kind of common sense with the in, in, with hindsight. Um, but it, it really talks about, you know, the way you reflect on your life, the things that you're grateful for, the pleasure that you get out of strong connections with friends and family, um, giving positive feedback, helping other people. So, and, and sort of recognizing the small, small achievements, the small steps you make in life. So all those little things really contribute a lot. And the ones that contributed most to me were just taking a step back and saying, okay, rather than worrying about the totality of this, you know, this wage bill, which was nearly $2 million across the region every month, it was like, well, let's, let's just look at what we're achieving and let's look at what I'm achieving in personal life um you know um as well as business life and let's let's sort of look at look at it in smaller moments um and let's also take the time to reflect you know almost on a daily basis as to what's going well what's been appreciated um and, and you know and taking time out to spend with other people and to help other people uh, in situations you know and people think you're being somewhat magnanimous in doing that it's not it really makes you feel good <laughs> it's a very selfish behavior actually um so just little things like that, you know, recognizing that, uh, you know, the sun setting over the bridge on the way home at its simplest form and taking a moment to recognize that and taking a moment to recognize that, I don't know, you did your steps on your on your health app. You did, um, you did write the two proposals you had to write this week, you know, uh, just recognizing those little senses of achievement rather than looking at a, the enormity of what was going on all the time and, and um you know, sometimes looking at the abyss and thinking, oh, my God, how are we going to get through that? So that was very helpful for me. So I would uh, certainly recommend um, anything on, on in that arena of topic in terms of dealing with changing the mindset to be far more positive again. Um, yeah. Nice. What about you, Maya? Uh, well, a couple of things. Um, helping others, definitely, because it gives me a different perspective. Um, this is what we're currently doing a lot and um, going back to my team because uh, they see things from a different perspective they I'm so overloaded that sometimes I just can't can't just tell where I'm heading or I really am exhausted and that's when the team really just puts me back on track and they have amazing ideas and and this really is very important looking back at the achievements we've done, regardless of how small or big they are. But one thing I would also do, and I would really recommend, especially for those who work in the digital world, shut down. And literally shut down, as in like, just turn off your phones, your laptops, just disappear. And especially if you really spend a long time working, I mean, mobiles, um, anything, uh, laptops, writing, and I mean, it's not really, um, I mean, in Lebanon, it's a nine to five job. So it's really not that it's ongoing every time. So shutting down is sometimes very, very important. And having human contact. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, which is not easy, right? <laughs> I we leave now. What about very you, Lexmi? Um, yeah, I think I'd like to echo, you know, what Richard and Paul are talking about is finding that single action that you're working towards, like, and not being overwhelmed with all the other details. And it's just having, that's my goal. That's what I'm working towards. And, you know, every business needs that because if you don't have it, one, you don't have people like 
you have people working along their own visions and the company just doesn't grow. And um, the other thing is, you know, I agree with Maria. I'm a big fan of just not doing anything, going out in nature and <laughs> just, you know, just shutting down. And there's this wonderful podcast that I was listening to and um, about this other book. I don't know. I love reading, but uh, it's called Homework for Life. And the one thing that I recognize that we don't encourage people to do, especially because I work with innovation and um, technology innovation companies, and they think it's much more about the technology. You, you're not selling technology. You're actually selling something about you from your own personal life experiences. So what um, this book encourages us to do is to write down those moments of inspiration that we've had in our life. And then you can go back to it and look at it because th those are those moments that tell the story of your company, tell the story of your, you know, for, for your own personal life. So, you know, personally, um, I, I know from, you know, working with the companies I've worked with, the CEOs tend to have these really critical moments of their life and they just forget about them because when you go to the marketplace, you're, people just use like, you know, grand marketing terms, which are great, but they're not, like, don't ever lose sight of why you're doing what you're doing, is essentially what I'm trying to say. Start with why. Yes, love it. Bo, yeah. what about you? Um, I like a dance and a drink. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I mean, when, when you're working like, you know, the forging businesses as, as, as everybody is and wants to do, perhaps. And I got to say, it's not for everybody either. You know, I, I think it, it, it's either in you or it's not to a degree. So I think that motivation for some people is, is inbuilt. I, I'm not certain it's something you can put there, uh, you know, and, and that's nothing to be um, ashamed of either. You know, it, it, it it's a tough path. But, yeah, I like to... I like to have a dance and, uh, you know, that's been denied me in the past year. So uh, I've had to, to rely on the drink a bit more, uh, which is never a good thing, I'm, I might say. Um, but, yeah, I think you've got to find your own personal way of, of unplugging. You know, um, travel, I think, is always good. And uh, sometimes traveling on your own as, as well as, as, as perhaps many business people do, but not in the business sense, but you know, go somewhere, go for a drive in, in, in just literally go out for a drive and clear your head um sometimes you have so many things to deal with in a business you can't see the wood for the trees and you just need to get back to that clarity of purpose um and i find you know emptying your head at that point and, and that'd be different for everyone everybody will have their own way of doing that but yeah it's uh it is really important i enjoy the um, journey not the destination necessarily that is one thing you said in your podcast i remember yeah you know it's it's because it's going to be a long journey isn't it and it's going to be hard so if you're not i think rich might have said it earlier you've, you've i'm always looking for the good every day in everything i see but you know and everything i do and everything i try and do i try and do it to the best of my ability it's really simple but you know the best businesses are simple it's our job to keep it simple it's not simple people aren't going to get it so <laughs> So I think if you're gonna if you're gonna be successful, you, you've got to you've really got to get it down to brass tacks and get it easily understood, um, 
and, and easily achieved as well. And and I think you know I think Steve Jobs who said you know I'm going to paraphrase here, but it, simplicity is is I can't remember the exact quote, but it's it's you know being simple is is not the most simple thing. It's really not. So, but yeah, you got to enjoy the journey. It's time to uh, to get some questions from the audience, and I do have I do have one which is which I like a lot from Helena. And she's asking, any advice on how to make that leap and just start? What would you say is the first step to take? Write down what it is that inspires you, because you will forget. <laughs> This is what happens. You get, you'll start getting lost in the market and um, trying to figure out, like, how do I market myself? But always remember, there's a human behind your business, and that human is you. And they needed something, and they, that's what they want to deliver. And what I found, you, you know, actually, the perfect, um, if anybody has seen the movie Jerry Maguire, like, That's my inspiration. I think everyone should watch it <laughs> for entrepreneurship because, you know, Tom Cruise in this movie, he has this brilliant idea and he's like, I want to go change the way sports in this, you know, sports agencies are created. So he goes out and does it, but he like, he writes his manifesto that night. And if he hadn't done that, he would have forgotten it the next day. So <laughs> write it down, whatever the idea is, whatever, um, whatever it is that you want to share, because it just, our mind is so complicated and it will complicate things. And the goal is to just keep staying focused, keep it simple. Like you're saying, Paul, it's like, that's it. It's actually the hardest thing that you will do once you have that idea and you take that first step is to not let your mind get overcomplicated with details. Amazing. Write it down, Helena. Anybody else wants to uh, jump in? Yeah, Helena, I'd say just have a go. I mean, whatever you do, it doesn't have to be permanent, right? So if you decide two months later or three months later or three years later, you don't like it or you, or you, you started the wrong business, you can change. You can go back to what you're doing now. So uh, just have a go, honestly. Yeah, I want to also add, I mean, I'd second what Richard said and what Lexmi said. That's so true. Just go for it and do write down everything. But one more thing, if you really love it, and you believe in it, you will be there. So if you feel that you're ready, just take it. Good luck. Yeah, I, I think that is the best, the best advice. There'd be plenty of people who say to you, now is not a good time to start a business. Um, there'd be more of those than say to you, go for it. Every, you know, the, the panelists here are all going to say, go for it. Obviously we are. Um, But yeah, that it is that simple. It really is. Um, I think. I think when when for me buying buying this business, I was backing myself, and I thought if it fails, it's down to me. If it succeeds, it's partly down to me. So um, yeah, just go for it. You know, there's no better time. There's no better time. There's a million reasons that you can give yourself not to do it, and probably three or four to do it. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> What would be the one recommendation that you'd give to other entrepreneurs and wannabe entrepreneurs out there based on everything that we have discussed today? Oh, I can go with that. <laughs> go on. It, it, it's, 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 I think that I would have saved myself from an inordinate number of mistakes um, had I always had a mentor 
that could have kept my ego in check. So call it optimism, but let's call it, be honest, it's ego. Uh, if I had a mentor who would pull me back and say, Richard, have you really thought about that and uh, make me uh, do my homework and be a bit more grounded sometimes, I think it would have saved me a lot of pain over the years. So get a mentor who's external to the business, keep talking to them on a regular basis, um, you, you're, it'll pay itself back in spades. Nice. Of course, I'm a coach. I love it. So I echo what Richard said. That's very important. But another thing that's really important is to have the right team. Because being an entrepreneur alone is really hard. And uh, if you want to grow, take it to the next level, then you need a team because the journey is really very, very, very difficult. And you will need all the support you want. And in order for you to continue, the right team is what you need. So good luck, everyone. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with with what Richard said there. I think that's a that's a great bit of advice, Anne Maria, as, as well. Um, I'd probably come from the other angle, which would be you know be be a bit bolder than you think you can be. You know, and and dare a little bit. You know, stretch yourself. Uh, Rich is at the other end of that, and uh, you know the advice he's giving is right. But if you're starting out, you've got to be bold. You've got to cut through. Write a letter to somebody. Do something that nobody else is doing. Close your laptop, open your pen. Nobody writes letters anymore. So if you write a letter to somebody, they're going to read it. Then tell them what you want to tell them. You know, and I know we live in this online world now, but when everybody goes left, I tend to go right. When everybody stops wearing a tie, I put a tie on. Um, you know, and that's what entrepreneurs do. They look for the, for the other route. And sometimes it's a path less trodden and sometimes it's the wrong path completely, but that's the fun bit. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say be a bit bolder actually. So, um, you know, cause you're the one who knows if you're going to embark on this journey, you're the one that knows So go for it. Yes. Um, I, I agree. The one thing that we've all been talking about is the challenge but I want to leave it with a more optimistic note because this isn't something I chose. Like I didn't want to be an entrepreneur or anything like that. It just kind of just, I, I was, but I was driven by the fact that I was like, wait, I want to manage my own schedule. That, that was it. And to this day, that's what drives me. Cause I did take, you know, I, it's, it's, I recognize now that I would be the worst employee because I don't like having to be constrained, but I'll work from 4 a.m. To, <laughs> to 10 p.m. Not a problem. And um, so there is joy in that. But the joy comes with the creative aspect of it. Like, you know, Paul said, like, OK, how can I do this differently? And each of us are different in our own way. Like even yesterday, I was struggling, you know, with the software that we're trying to build. Like, how do we like how do we get data to build this? And then. I had to just stop and literally I just went and played with my children and it just like came to me. And that's what happens is you, you need your mind to rest. You need play <laughs> in your life. You need to, you know, just remember it, it will be hard, but it's a different kind of hard than you have when you're an, than when you're an employee. It's a different kind of hard. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, guys, it was absolutely awesome. Thank you very, very much for, for your time. 
Thank you very much, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye.